Hello, everybody. I am Brian. Welcome to be back with you guys. Real World Podcast is a conversation to bridge the gap between boomers and millennials, or in this case, a mom and her son. Uh, we do not pretend to be any experts in the matters we discuss. We hope you enjoy the time you spend with us. Like I said, I am Brian. I am here with my awesome mom. Hi, everyone. How are you? I'm doing good. good. Well, I'm, well, I'm not everyone. You're not everyone, because we have a special we guest here a today special that guest. you are going to introduce. I am here with, uh, I got to say, you're probably my best friend. Uh, definitely. I mean, now that CJ's married, you kind of <laughs> automatically, you should automatically. Gee, that makes, it seems <laughs> like a default. That, I don't know about that. Yeah, no, I, I was that about to make a joke know. saying, so you just have defaulted. <laughs> Brian's moving away. And then now. He uh, is? Where's he moving? Uh, he's got a job as a tractor maker, kind of. He's helping okay. make computers and like harnesses and tractors. But, where's but he going? this is Northern California. Oh, okay. But today we're about Jared. Yes, we are about Jared. Uh, I think we. It's all about Jared. <laughs> we we briefly mentioned him a bit in our podcast before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared is an awesome friend of mine. Like I mentioned, we've known each other for over a decade now. Uh, we met each other at high school. Uh, he's one of my roommates. He's always helped me whenever I needed him. He's been an emotional support many times. Uh, I don't know what else to say besides that. Also, he is very yoked. He is very, very buff. He is a personal totally. trainer. Like it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be kind of ironic because one of the most star- biggest harmful stereotypes of black men like Jared is being a scary, angry black man. Mm. Not uh, scary in that way. I, I know. I, mean. is, is, I, I know you mean. I know. I, just I know. mean like, like really, really <laughs> strong. Like, no, I used to have the same thing. Like Dave was yeah. pretty buff when he was young. And like, and naturally he actually has this thing called myotona, myotona congenita, congenita, which basically makes his brain think that he's working out all the time. So like he had these, these muscles, super muscles, biologically, naturally without even working out. I I think so when he worked out, it's like, like seriously, you felt like he just picked me up and throw me somewhere and i and think so, i remember yeah. dad telling me that he never got too into lifting about one point he was able to bench 360 which is about what you're a bit is a bit less than your best right yeah yeah but so, that like, is still really impressive it, yeah okay could you imagine only like lifting for a couple months and then going right to 360 that is insane <laughs> <laughs> seriously and he wasn't like doing all the the, the protein and all that yeah. i mean because that that kind of I mean, I'm not saying that didn't <laughs> exist back then, but it wasn't like it is now. Right, We're right. so much more knowledgeable now on what we need to do in order to, you know, affect our bodies and everything. So, so yeah. Anyway, so it's... <laughs> so, yeah. It's all, all that kind of going off topic a little yes, bit. Yes, totally. Uh, but welcoming, We do go off topic. What can I say? Yeah. Well, welcoming Jared to the podcast. He'll be with us this episode and next episode and maybe future episodes, depending on what we talk yeah, about. That'd be yeah, awesome. awesome. Absolutely. Uh but yeah, Jared, would you like to say hi to everyone? Hey, everyone. Um, yeah, I'm super stoked to be here. Like Brian said, I have known uh, this family for quite a long time. You know, I remember being this little kid in high school <laughs> and, you know, Brian welcoming me into his group. And ever since then, we've just been super chill with each other. Yeah. Awesome. Default so by best friend by default. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now I feel I a little think bit hurt. Now, now I understand what you felt a minute ago. <laughs> yes, <laughs> no, exactly. Jared, you know I love you. <laughs> I love you too, Brian. Maybe we should actually. Sorry, this is a I random. Love you, man. This is a random brain fart, <laughs> but maybe we should talk about communication between men and women one episode because, like, men don't often say "I love you," which mm-hmm. is kind of weird. A, because in my be head, I always frequently say "I love you" to Jared and CJ and Brian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, and you know, and and what I would really be interested in is to know, like, within. So the white community and the black community, is that different? That is actually a, a topic that was, that, that was briefly talked about when I discussed it with my mom. Because it's, it's this weird thing that growing up, I wasn't really allowed to express myself all that much because of fear of coming across as like really soft. Mm. But yet mm. again, like I never yeah. fit into like the typical mode, mold of know what a black person is what a black person Mm. should be what a black person looks like i've been told my entire life based off of like how i talk how i carry myself that it comes across as very white Mm -hmm. now does that come from the your the black community though that's telling you that or does it come from both yeah it comes from both Uh, because i remember hearing people i think it's offensive it's if it's coming from the white community because it's kind of like saying yeah that's racist yeah they feel they feel safe with you 
because mm. of yeah. how you interesting it's it's very disarming the way yeah. that i talk and you know you have your stereotypical angry like um like black way of talking where it's full of what are called ebonics so basically it's just mm-hmm. the way like the slang that they use right and then me who's someone who's come from a well-educated family like my both my parents went to college they're mm-hmm. both very well educated and my mom does like kind of in a way um not outlawed that per se but she wanted better from us. she recommended yeah. something yeah. different for you exactly mm. she wanted you guys to be the best you could be exactly mm-hmm. well yeah, because she sense. knew what this world was like yeah. right like truly like look at all the problems we have right now and and a lot of that is because we 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 as a society don't try to conform to each other you know what i yeah. mean like we don't try to conform may not be the right word but um i don't know what the right word is but you're assimilate you're saying that yeah current culture instead of you know like segregating ourselves mm-hmm. yeah uh I actually just had a thought off the top of my head. Oh, I was going to say, Jared, I was sort of apologizing for saying, answering <laughs> for you there with both. I was just saying, uh, like, definitely both. Because okay. I remember a lot of white kids at our school who called you white. And I said it once or twice as a joke, mm-hmm. uh, which is not good of me. And I, I don't know if I've even apologized to you for that before. So in front of everyone who can listen, I'm sorry, Jared. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, gosh, honestly, I just wish, you know, we're going to be talking about race today and it's just bothersome to me that as much as we celebrate Martin Luther King, which I believe we should, Mm -hmm. we don't really focus on the content of the character. Like when are we ever going to get there? Right. And if we do focus on the content of the character, why is that white or black? You know what I mean? Like to me, it's racist. If I'm white saying you're acting like a white person, because that's implying like to me, white character is somehow better or yes. superior yeah. yes and that, yeah. and exactly that is a very long road and traces back to it, it it's very interconnected in the way that it's set up yeah hmm. and i think that's one of the big things we wanted to talk about is because i have a story kind of relating to that that we'll share in a little bit uh first we did we wanted to kind of define we're mainly talking about racism today and mm-hmm. it, there's a lot, a lot less like very outspoken clear like violent racism people dropping the hard r black people for no reason like, that's not nearly as common as that was 50 years ago yeah and, and let me sp- i can speak to that though because i can tell you that you know growing up so i was born in 61 and honestly growing up in in western pennsylvania uh the N-word, the use of the N-word yeah. was commonplace. It was not uncommon. Now, I grew up, and I would say most of the neighborhoods were segregated back then. Um, I don't think it's that way today, generally speaking, in terms of that. I mean, I think sometimes the segregation is wanted. I mean, like, I mean, why wouldn't you want to live by people that kind of look like you, act like you, right? It makes you feel more mm-hmm. comfortable. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean, it's kind of tribalism. Exactly. Its, like, but, but that, exactly. Yeah, but not in the negative way. It's exactly. Just wanting not to, th- and that's wanting my to point. be people like you isn't necessarily exactly. a bad thing. Exactly. That's right. But and refusing exactly. to be with Ab- others totally. is, is also very bad. Totally, totally. Uh, so for me, I mean, I lived in a white neighborhood. I honestly can't even think of any black neighbors that I had. Um and so it wasn't until I went to junior high and high school that that um, I was around. Our town was about, I'll say, two-thirds white, one-third black. And we were steel mill country. And so that's kind of what the predominant steel mills and coal mines was the predominant occupations back then in the 60s. And, and, and actually even... Um, the, the century before that. I mean, that's kind of when it started in the 1800s. And um, so when I went, so it was like two-thirds and one-third. And frankly, I never met a Hispanic person until I moved to California. I yeah. had no Asians, no Hispanics, wow, no really? Middle Eastern. We have we basically had white people and black people. <laughs> and so it was two-thirds white, one-third black and I will tell you that that was in the 60s, and it was really in the 70s when I was in high school. Um, I would say, generally speaking, most white people stayed with, kind of hung with white people. Most black people hung with black people. 
and um, so it was still pretty segregated my throughout my whole high school. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I always tried to make friends with everybody, and I remember one time where we did have a problem sometimes with um, some of the the black gals were like taunting the white yeah. the white gals, mm-hmm. and you what I learned is you just had to stand up to them. And I did that, and <laughs> it was cool. I was fine, you know? Um, but that was an issue that, um, that's the only thing that I can remember. I don't really remember, like, race issues, per se. Which, which is kind of ironic yeah. because of your dad. Oh, yeah, my dad, yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. the first person who I've ever heard actually say the N-word. Mm-hmm. And he is not black, yeah. so that is not yeah. okay. Oh my yeah, <laughs> and, and he would say that's not racist. <laughs> yeah. Wow! Because in his yes. head, like seriously, he's in saying, his well, head, "Well, yeah." In his head, well, well, they are black, so why is, is that a bad he, word? In his head, he's talking about a very specific type of person. Mm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and and that's what that word represents, and and that's probably the case for a lot of like older people. Like, yeah. in his head, he doesn't see it that way. Like, and and he doesn't use that word anymore, but. You know, he did. I haven't heard him use it for a little while. Yeah, I mean, it's been probably, I don't know, 10, 20 years. Oh, I, I heard him whenever I started working as a tutor. Oh, well, then uh, it's not he, been he, that he, long He ago. called me, a con- he had a conversation with me saying, do you really want to go work with those blank? Because <laughs> <laughs> I went, I was going to work at a public school. <laughs> oh, uh, you're just flabbergasted And a I bit, allowed right? him to take you to school yeah. and pick you up? I mean, like, seriously, that's scary. <laughs> Which is funny because growing up, were, have, were you having in the car? But it's it's funny though because growing up, and I've told you, Jared, this that like I, I always say, he's racist towards black people, but not black persons. Because his best friend when I went to elementary school was the dad of like one mm-hmm. of, of a black kid. Mm-hmm. He was there's a black dad, mm-hmm. awesome dude. Don't remember his name. His son's name was Joseph, and Gramps was like his best friend mm-hmm. was this guy. And that's why I said I think my dad in his head has this yeah. idea. Like when you see, you know, like the protesters or somebody in your face kind of thing, that is in his mind. Yeah. Somebody like that. You know yeah, what I mean? Like right, that yeah. he's talking about. It's a specific type of person. And and frankly, I don't even know, honestly, that the color itself is the issue. It's the kind of the type of person. And he's attributed this. Yeah, to someone. To, to someone with this the, type of yeah. behavior, whatever. But. You can't do that. I mean, again, let's no, get can't. back to the whole MLK. Yeah. When are we going to start? Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But going judging for some, people, yeah, judging on people the, based on their character exactly, rather than their skin. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And we might have uh, some conversation about that a little bit. I don't want to hold us back too long because we, we do want to talk about systematic racism, kind of as a starting point. Sure. Systematic. systematic ra- Sy- yes. Systemic. I always say systematic. I know. <laughs> well, it's kind of the same thing, right? I mean, it's it's. Mm. I don't think that that word. I'm sure it's, a, it's systemic, the same yeah. source. Yeah. But yeah. Word. Like so word. I remember yeah. you kind of bringing up. Yeah. You said you kind of found a definition. I figured you would share that, and then Jared might speak into a little bit if he <clears throat> agrees or disagrees. Sure. Yeah. sure. So, and I got this from Today.com and um, from the Today Show. And so, of course, we know that what racism is, right? And so where that means marginalizing or oppressing individuals because of the race. And then systemic racism, it, like, adds another dimension to that. And and so that describes when, like, uh, cultural institutions or systems reflect um, that individual uh, racism, um, so it describes like it can show up in the educational system, the economic system, healthcare, whatever. So an example of that would be that, uh, like health, excuse me, health outcomes for black women are, are, uh, dismal compared to the white counterparts. Mm. And, uh, like a 2015 study from the department of health and human services is that a baby is more than twice as likely to die during childbirth if the birth mother is black. Wow, I, yeah. that's actually really insanely high. Mm-hmm. Right, and yeah. in 2016, there was a study that said a black mother is three to four times more likely to die mm. during t- childbirth than a white mother. And so so I think to understand systemic racism is like when they study things, they're always basing it on white people's experiences. And so, and I, re- I remember um, 
what's the 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 black pastor? Is it J.T. Sykes? Is it Sykes? I think is his name. I actually don't know famous, who you're talking about. Famous pastor, and I may be off on yeah, his, his last name, sure. but I think yeah. that's it. I remember after everything that happened last year, I was listening to a message, and he was like in tears as he was giving this message, and it was something. It was so insightful to me because I had never thought about it, and he was talking about how like all the products we buy. Like, it's all based upon what white people want, what white people need. Mm-hmm. And it's like things that, like, to be honest, when I heard that, it's like I never thought about that before. Like, that never crossed my head. So when I look at this systemic uh, racism, you know, my initial thought is no, no, no. I mean, it's kind of like, come on. You know, it's based on the content of the character, right? So we right. can't go there. But we have to recognize that systemic racism does exist and we do have to address it. And that is very true. It just, the fact that, so you're dealing with a country that was founded on a time where, you know, African-Americans were considered less than people Mm -hmm. and the building of a civilization up until that point, when you're building with that as your base, it tends to permeate, literally into everything you're doing because it that's just how you thought Mm -hmm. and so with that as your base you're not really dealing with like the future in mind in terms of like how are we going to deal with these people if times change you're just dealing with the here and now and because of that so many things that were set up still have these traces of it because of they were never changed Mm -hmm. and it's just always the way that things have been done and so when you hear people say well why change something that's literally been in place for so long, it's because it gives people an unfair advantage. Right. Yeah. Well, and if it's wrong. So one of the things that I did read that I honestly, like this was appalling, that I didn't know. Where is it? But it was the inequity of um, after World War II with the GI Bill. Black people weren't, well, they weren't eligible to get... And, and get, like, yeah. the GI mm-hmm. Bill and to, um, you know, have, uh, be able to buy a home mm-hmm. using, like, a VA loan. It wasn't available to them. It's like, I had no idea. Like, why would there be a distinction yeah. Yeah. between race when it comes to things like that? So, obviously, at some point that changed. But so that in and of itself can create that economic disadvantage to a whole race right and i think real quick before you kind of touch on things jared i just wanted to say something and that's uh, kind of bringing systemic i won't keep wanting to say systematic systemic racism to the modern day uh, because it's kind of talking about like how we still struggle with this and i think one of the big problems why there is systemic racism across the country in various aspects but we don't often recognize it because we can look at the systemic laws in the past when overtly racist people were making them and it was clear that they were overtly racist laws. But now people aren't as overtly racist. So if people do have uh, pre-existing biases, uh, no matter how extreme, mm-hmm. then if it's not as overt, like we might not, they might not be as noticeable. Right. And so I was, I was one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, can like, do you know of any laws that you would say are definitely systematically racist to you um, or one, systemically racist. One, <laughs> no, no, you're good. So one that I feel is still in common, like they're making progress to change it, but when it comes to voters' rights, and again, this is like, it's one of those things where you see the, the memes about like conspiracy theories and how like this strand leads to this strand leads to this strand. It basically all ties together. So When it comes to voter rights, they set it up and while understandable that, you know, that felons can't vote, they have certain um, voter restrictions and they're not allowed to partake in elections. But when you're dealing with a population that is, it's a very, we're, black people are only 13% of the population, but we're a good portion, like more than 30% of the incarceration rate. And a lot of that deals with, like, they get harsher sentences because of the color of their skin and on things that shouldn't be considered, uh, be more lenient. So, like, marijuana charges. Oh, yeah. And dealing with a for-profit capitalist prison system where they get paid 
based off of how many beds they fill, they have incentive to keep these beds filled. And so you're dealing with all this combined. And so when they release these prisoners and they want to be the ones to help enact change, they are now, um, they're not allowed to. And that's just one of the instances of how this, how deep this goes. Well, let yeah. me ask you a question about that, um, just indirectly on voter registration, because I think, you know, one of the um, more recent changes, there was a lot of um, talk about changes to the Georgia voter laws, and that's why the MLB pulled out the um, All-Star game and moved it to Colorado. Mm -hmm. The irony there is that the... The rules are more lenient in Georgia for voting than they are in Colorado, so <laughs> that was kind of weird. Yeah, but I guess there were parts in it. But but again, just speaking in generally about voter registration, what I want to understand, what I always hear, is that we're um, disenfranchising um, the minority communities if we require voter ID. And yeah, I don't yeah. understand that because it's like if you fly on a plane, if you you have to have an ID for virtually everything you do. So it's like to me that would be insulting. If I were black mm -hmm. or I were a minority, I would feel insulted by that simply because what are they saying that I can't get an ID? Do you, do you think you're so do you think I'm so incompetent that yeah, I right. cannot exactly. get an ID on my own? Yeah, so so to me yeah. that's the racist part. So I don't I don't understand it. Yeah, and so before Jerry, you touch on that, I do want to yeah. thank you for sharing. Uh, I we might go back to you talking about the prison system loss because I have a couple comments for that. But yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. Going going back with this, uh, how do you feel about like when people say that? I think I briefly talked about it to you last night. That it's I think it's called the bigotry of low expectations, where mm. you just think someone is so incapable, that, like. You just, <laughs> you, you do things to help someone, but it's because you think they're incapable and they can't do it. Right. Yeah. So it, it basically boils down to you don't consider, like you don't trust the, like this community to be able to take care of themselves. And so when that happens, it's like, yeah, it is insulting in a way. It's like, you don't think I can right. get an idea on my <laughs> right. own. Right, right. Right? Yeah. And I think, and you may clarify this or not, I have never heard a black person advocate for not having an ID. I've only heard white people. I agree with that. I wasn't sure I about your that. experience. I've of only that. heard yeah. the you politicians advocate it. I've never yeah. heard a single person actually say that. Right. Yeah. So I've I don't know. I've maybe it's not even a real issue. I, I I've don't heard know. people say that in my, during my undergrad and stuff. They're just, they were always white people. They're always white mm. people or someone who wasn't black. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know, I wasn't sure. Like, does that something you notice too? Uh, what have you like kind of noticed in that conversation? So, in terms of conversations about um, like race topics, I'm very particular who I bring it up with, especially yeah. um, mm. just due to the fact that you never know who you might set off, even accidentally. Mm -hmm. And so, um, when it comes to stuff like that, in my experience, when it comes to uh, dealing with those type of questions, where you know, voter ID and all these things. A lot of the more outspoken people are, 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 are my, in my experience, white people. Mm. They have very mm -hmm. strong opinions about how. On both sides. On both sides. Okay. On both sides about how other people should handle this issue. I'm like, <laughs> you don't really know. I'm like, you can learn. You don't and know what you're talking about. It's like you, you can learn, <laughs> you can, you can study as much as you want, but until you've lived it, it you can't yeah. really. Yeah explain and expect people to react a certain way in the way that totally. you think that they should. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You'll never really understand what someone's going through until you can live a mile in their shoes. And it's mm -hmm. kind of really hard to switch skin colors. Mm -hmm. And I think the only <laughs> like way that people have done it is wearing blackface. And I don't think that's appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, I can uh, say as a woman, I mean, I've definitely experienced gender discrimination mm -hmm. and, um, in my role when I was, um, I was I was uh, an accounting major, and I started out in accounting, and then I eventually morphed into all kinds of different administrative areas. But um, I was basically told that I would not be the controller because I was a woman. Mm. Oh, wow. And, yeah, Dang. this was like in 1983. So this is a long time ago. Yeah. Um, 
And I can say, this is before I went to the county of Riverside. Once I went to the county of Riverside, I mean, it was just so much more embraced mm-hmm. to to welcome the diversity. And it's like, I really appreciated that because it's like, again, having grown up in, um, you know, Western Pennsylvania town that primarily consisted of blacks and whites and not having been introduced to any other cultures, now being in an organization with multiple cultures you know, it was interesting at first because it's like, you know, why do we behave the way we do? Or like, why are we fearful of say another race or another ethnicity is it's because we don't know them. Right. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as you start talking to them, it's like, Hey, we're all the same, right? We all bleed red. We're all the same. And, and so that was, um, I'm so thankful for having the opportunity to work there because, you know, we really did have a lot of cultures. I mean, although I will say we still were predominantly white, I would say probably maybe half the yeah. employees were white and then the other half were a variety yeah. of races but uh, or cultures. And, um, it, and especially in Southern California, we have a large Hispanic population. Mm-hmm. We still had more white people overall, though now the makeup might be quite different than when I started, but I'm already retired there after 30 years. So... Um, Anyway, I digress. Yeah. Uh, sort of change gears a little yeah. bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, me and you talked a bit beforehand. I don't know if we mentioned it on podcast. I'm already forgetting. Uh, kind of separating the recent year of, like, the bigger movement of Black Lives Matter. And where do you go with the organization compared to the general movement? Because, uh, uh, like... I've heard a lot of people be concerned because they'll use like the, uh, I'm trying to remember the term is it's the fit. It's the flag with the fist on it. That's mm-hmm. frequently associated with communism. Uh, then there's also like, so there's those kind of accusations. And then as well as there's like the, I think it's over $90 million of donations or something like that, that there's not much transparency about how they're used. Mm-hmm. And then the recent development of like they're one of their CEOs or leaders or something has like multiple houses and is filthy rich. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like negative like yeah. things. And part of it's probably because of what they're doing, but it's sort of like, how do you personally do you like, do you separate them? Do you kind of exceed them as one of the same? Uh, is the movement more important than the organization? Like how do you navigate that kind of thing? So I definitely think the movement is more important than the organization itself. Um, as someone who, ascribes to the movement but tries to stay away from the controversy that the organization brings it's it's very easy to find fault like people will find when people have a reason to look for a fault they'll find it regardless mm. that's that's mm-hmm. a that's a good totally. that's a very good take i did not even think about that yeah so when you're dealing with a separation of an organization the slogan in and of itself is what is the most important mm-hmm. factor and mm-hmm it's had to fight through so much just due to the fact that people will automatically try and flip it and say, well, all lives matter. We're not saying that, mm-hmm. that all lives don't matter. We're saying until black lives matter just as much as everyone else's, mm-hmm. then all lives can't matter. And I, that makes sense. I have to admit that that, that bothered me in the beginning though. It's kind of like when, it's like I was one of the ones like, well, all lives matter, you know, but that's not detracting. But that was detracting, I should say, yeah. from the fact that what we're talking about here are black lives. Because we know all the lives matter. Exactly. But we want to emphasize right now that black lives yeah. matter. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to remember how someone described it to me because I was like that at first. And then mm-hmm. I eventually, I remember, I don't remember what someone said exactly, but it was like if someone came up to you, they started telling you their problem, and then someone responded with all problems matter. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's kind of like, like, so you just don't yeah. care about what's going on. Right, uh, right. And that It's makes like, sense. I know all problems matter. I'm, I'm bringing my problem with you. I need help. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, it was like, we need help. <laughs> <You can't. laughs> but I would also say hindsight's twenty twenty. Yo, and yeah. everything, right? And so, you know, my biggest offense, again, I... All, all lives matter. Black lives matter, definitely. Um, but when this whole George Floyd, Derek Chauvin situation happened last year, right during a pandemic and everything, I mean, just what a horrible, horrible time. Mm-hmm. The main thing that I was really offended by was all of the destruction mm-hmm. that occurred. Yeah. Um, 
And basically, the way I understand it is that most of the people that did it, nothing happened to them. Right. And so, in fact, our vice president of the United States was raising money to be able to get some of these people out of jail. And it's like, okay, I seriously don't understand that. If we have laws on the books that says, okay, you can't do this, you can't do that, why are we not following the laws? Yeah. And so my bigger issue here is that, and this is something that I have experienced over the many years, including at the county, it was quite common that if, um, and I'll use that example first, like if, if we had a black employee who was having difficulties in meeting their job, the job expectations, there was a bigger hesitancy to move forward with disciplinary action. Mm-hmm. And it was because of the race card being pulled, right? And so, frankly, from my perspective, that's probably my biggest number one pet peeve of everything is pulling the race card when there is no apparent race issue. Right. Now, I said, I say apparent, like, because as we were talking before about systemic racism, yeah, like, there's things that I haven't even thought about that it, it is racist, but mm. it, in my mind, it never was, right? But... Um, so there've been a number of situations like that, that occur, but again, the hesitancy to move forward with, with acting out. And I think a lot of that with the black lives matter, but you know what I have to tell you when I would look at these protesters, most of them were white. They mm-hmm. weren't yes. black. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was saying, Oh, I want these black people arrested and to go to jail. No, mm. these people were white. So yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. wanted a lot of the rioters. And that was actually yeah. something I was going to bring up uh, real quick was that depending on who you go to your news source, because mm-hmm. I've yeah. seen different things. Yeah, I've seen people sure. say it's like split half and half. I've seen people say it's purely black people rioting. Exactly, I yeah. saw sources that say it was only white people rioting. I saw some people say it was Antifa. I say some people was the Proud Boys. Uh, all, right. All you hear the, all of it. Right? And, and it's kind of like. Mm-hmm. And it's probably some of. Everything. Yeah. Right? Just yeah. to clarify, it kind of depending on your source, <laughs> yeah. different people are writing. <laughs> For sure. Uh, and different people are the ones causing troubles. Mm-hmm. There's uh, no real like determination of to really boil down to who's doing what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just really difficult to do. Uh, well, knowing your source and, and like having a source that you can trust and you can rely on is critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what I, there's a couple of different questions I had, like, what do you think of our VP? Like, it's great that, uh, black, we have a black vice president, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like the way she kind of got into prominence early in her career was because she arrested a lot of black men on weed charges. Kind of right. like what you're talking we, can about. Can we go back before that? Oh, how yeah. she got into prominence because oh. she was yeah. 29 having an affair with a married man who was in his sixties. Mm. Okay. I'm sorry, but I'm going to automatically, I know we're not supposed to judge, right? But yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> 40 years older, there's something just weird about that. I'm sorry. I don't care what your race is. It doesn't have anything to do with race. Mm. But that that's yeah. my first thought of that person. Yeah. Is that when it comes to politicians, you tend to, regardless of whether or not they're accused or have done bad things in the past you kind of excuse it yeah it seems yeah not to say like those things that they did are Mm -hmm. like okay but you're more well this is what they're doing now these are their policies blah 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 so it it creates this disparity where you know a lot of the things that i was hearing from people who voted for our our vp in biden is that we are basically like the way, and this is like an indirect quote, but basically like getting rid of one evil to substitute for, some, to <laughs> yeah. substitute for another for evil. Yeah, yeah, just trying to choose a lesser yeah. evil. Exactly. Yeah. And like crea- seeing how much uh, division that Trump caused, and despite what he said, what he did, no one. I've never, and this is speaking from personal experience. I have never seen anyone ride for a president as hard as. Uh, conservatives did for, excuse me, for Trump. And so... I agree with that as well. And so when you're, like, you disregard all of his actions and no matter what he said, no matter what he did, like, they, he could do no wrong in their eyes. 
And so I think that's a very small percentage. Yeah, it, it was. It's, it's a very, very, small very outspoken, and very outspoken percentage, exactly. though. I think I I don't disagree with because yeah. I, I feel like that's all I that. heard. I mean, there were just like Trump sycophants, and it, I just exactly, like, like yeah. totally didn't understand was, that. You and know? I'm, I'm sure you saw some of the kids from our high school post some stuff for that too, and it was just kind of like, dude, I know mm. you heard the same message about Jesus I did. This man is not saying necessarily good things. Like, yeah, in my head, like. I know your character. You should like know better than to trust someone of this kind of character. Well, okay, and and but this and real, real quick, real well, quick though, this I don't this know about the, well real, the character, personal real, character. Real yes. quick before you keep going, I said this was even before he was running for president when he was oh. Republican versus Democrat. Again, yeah, when you're going party line, this was someone when before <laughs> this was before the uh, what's it called the. The thing when all the Republicans run against each other for the oh, nomination, the primary, the primary. Yeah. there were a lot of there were several people voting and rooting for him during the primary, and it's like, well, he's even if, no matter what you think of him, he wasn't one of the more moral or better options during the primary. I yep. think they felt that he was a better option to be able to win, exactly. and that's the only reason that they voted. That's Nobody true too. was I, who in the world was voting for him for personal <laughs> character. I don't know a single person. I mean, However, no, mom, can legitimately, we talk about legitimately policies? some of my classmates? Oh, well, I don't even understand well, that. But uh, I'm just for, saying, for, policy for, Forgive wise, me though, for actually. No, let me just say okay. this. I'm sorry. Let me just say this because we were t- we we I'm brought striking. him up. So I just want to say though, as far as personal character, I mean, I agree, but. When you look at policy, I, I want to ask this question of Jared. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he actually did get a lot more of the black vote uh, in this m- most recent. I think he got 14% as compared to like five, which is significant. But I believe that he was hanging his hat on the unemployment rate for black Americans was significantly reduced under him. So how do you argue with that policy? Like, how? So I... In terms of policies, in as a president, he, I will agree that he did some things that were very helpful overall, but it was so distracting when you're dealing with someone who's always talking and is always causing division, and that's where it gets yeah. back to the, the VP, where it's like you are your policies are dwarfed by who you are as a person. And I don't disagree yeah. with that, but I guess the way I sense. look at that is that I think Joe Biden is doing the same thing. I think Kamala Harris is doing the same thing. So it's kind of, I think, where we come from politically, mm-hmm. where our leanings are, that we're going to see the same thing in the other person because I hear that every time they speak is they are dividing this country. <laughs> they keep saying we're, re- we're uniting it and I'm not hearing that. So I think as a, a white Christian like a male, especially because again, I'm, I'm You're speaking, male? yes, <laughs> no, I'm speaking on behalf of Dave and I don't know if we're going to get into that one situation with one of your classmates, but where oh, he's we're been the next episode. Okay. Oh, next episode. Okay. So, you know, he's been, you know, personally offended by a lot of this because they're painting him in a corner because he's a white Christian male, mm. assuming that he has certain beliefs and that he treats people a certain way. And that's just wrong too. I mean, yeah. that's also racist and wrong. And it's especially difficult because like him and his dad, they're probably the two nicest, <laughs> gentlest, right? most loving right? people they've ever known. Right. Gentle giants, you know? Yeah. Totally. It's yeah. Just, yeah, big teddy bears. Yep. The only way the only way I could ever imagine dad getting going ballistic is if something happened to you. Mm-hmm. Or, or his family. Or for yeah, sure. or his family, sure. but like specifically you and probably Jason Julia right now. No. Are you kidding me? You you're not <laughs> no, putting I'm, yourself in I'm that saying category. most ballistic. His sons. I'm saying Come most on. ballistic. Do you know how much he adores you guys? I know that mom listen, I'm, I'm <laughs> dad tra- dad raised us and trained us. <laughs> We are capable. capable I believe dad believes in us. And so I don't think he would go as ballistic as if something happened to you or the kids. I'm going to disagree with that. I think (laughs) we would be all kind of the same. But But yeah, anyways, we're talking about black people, not the black community, not my dad. He is white, Christian, and male. (laughs) That is not black. We are actually in our next episode going to talk about white privilege. Yes, that is our next So we can talk about this um, then. It seems Uh, like a knee-jerk reaction more than anything. So there's this idea that uh, you hear a lot from, like, white people, especially back in the day when it comes to, like, oh, they're taking all of our white women type thing. It's, like, racial threat. (laughs) (laughs) 
And so it's this yeah. idea that um, the once majority is now becoming the minority, and we're that's not true at all. Yeah. But it feels like that because there's so much now being done for social justice, and so it does kind of put people in a box whether they want to or not or it's doing what was originally like the idea behind it but in the wrong way if that makes sense yeah is there is there pressure do you feel say in the black community to be with black women you know as a as a black heterosexual male that you better pick a black woman to be your woman. Oh, absolutely. You know? <laughs> so, um, like, the current girl I've been dating is black, and my family was super shocked because they're like, finally. <laughs> they thought you were going to yeah. pick a white woman? Finally, or, you're not or, dating a white girl. It was, either, it was either white or Hispanic because that's who, like, my track record <laughs> in terms of all I the see. girls I've dated beforehand I have see. been uh, mm. either white or Hispanic, mm-hmm. and that's just because I use the excuse that – or defense that that was a product of my environment like mm-hmm. i went to an all-white high school mm-hmm. when i went to go work it was in a town that was predominantly hispanic so mm-hmm. yeah that was just who i was around all the time right, right. That makes sense. um but it's at the same time it's one of those things where when uh like i have a barber and his whole thing with this whole issue was that he wants some sort of segregation but that's just because it's like white people need to leave us alone (laughs) (laughs) like he's like i'm they want their own thing fine we don't want them over here because all they do is like cause problems Hmm. and while he might not necessarily be correct in that fact it Mm -hmm. it stems from a whole bunch of hurt and yeah oh yeah yeah. And, and I think that's one and, of the and I guess big things. Acceptance and tolerance, from my perspective, is what we all need to yeah. um, have. And so, okay, I can respect your barber's position, but what if you didn't feel that way? Like, what mm-hmm. if you wanted to hang with white people or whatever? Can yeah, what we accept that? You know, what yeah. I, and that's yeah. all I'm saying is, can we all just accept each other instead of? You know, like the names that we were talking about uh, before, I think before, I think I don't think we mentioned it on the podcast, but mm-hmm. we were talking before, um, you know, about um, when, you know, like Tim Scott recently gave the rebuttal to the presidential address and he was just called all kinds of names um, because, you know, they basically think he acts like a white person, talks like a white person. And that's kind of, you were saying a little bit of that before. Mm-hmm. And like, again, why can't Tim Scott be Tim Scott? And, exactly. and why can't Jared be Jared and that, that Brian was, be Brian? That was yeah. definitely one of the things I struggled with a lot in high school was yeah. trying to find yeah. some place to fit in because among the black kids I used to go to school with, I was considered the whitewashed one because, you know, I was into nerdy things like video games and mm. anime and all that. And so when I got around all these white, it's like you're too white for the black people, and you're too black for the white, the people. white people. So that you must don't, be oh, really, yeah. you don't must know have been where really tough for you, yeah, especially in a formidable age, and you're trying to figure out who you are, and you're yeah. growing, your body's changing. Exactly, and that must have been really, really challenging for you. I do want to share this, and I don't know if you even knew this, but this was something that happened um, when when I started working at the county. Um, a black lady and I started at the same time and, um, which was really great. Um, unfortunately it, it did enable me to witness some racism because I know like when she started, they required some things of her that they didn't require of me. And it really bothered me. I didn't know about it at the time or I would have questioned it because Bobby was always the one that was challenging. That's why I'm yes. an eight on the Enneagram. <laughs> I challenge you. And I yes, would have, I would have, I would have questioned this like, why are you doing that? Like, mm-hmm. why, you know, so I would have, um, because when there's real racism, when I see it, I'm telling you, yeah, you hold me yeah, back. You, yeah. yeah. You come out gunning. Well, mm-hmm. I will come out gunning. When you see a when moral wrong, failure, exactly. when you see a moral failure, you <laughs> speak on it. it. I I'm all over it. I will have the courage to do that. Um, did I lose my train of thought? You did. Okay. Yeah. Oh no. So, so anyway, <laughs> she and I, we were at this, um, it was, we were at Nordstrom's and they were having a fashion show. Okay. So, 
the winner of um, like they did a drawing and the winner won a year for the local um, NAACP. Um, I forget what they call it, but it's, you know, the name for like the, it's not a conference, but an area something, I don't know, group. We'll just call it group. Anyway, guess who wins? Bobby. Mm. So I won that. And so for a year I ten I attended this, um, it was like the Moreno Valley uh, unit for NAACP and I was the only white person there. And, um, but everybody was so welcoming, but it gave me an indication of what yeah. it must have been like, say for you to be in an all white high school. Yeah. And, and, and I felt, I want to say I felt uncomfortable in a sense that I wanted to fit in, but I didn't feel uncomfortable where I was like fearful or anything right, like right. that. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. it definitely, it's not a fear thing. It's more of just like everyone's walking around wearing skinny jeans or, <laughs> or like everyone's, except for Brian. Yeah, except for, except I always for wear Brian flannel Brian. and heavy jeans that were too big for me. Or like everyone's walking around like wearing skater gear or yeah. it, it felt yeah. very hard not to feel like a novelty because I stuck out. Like yeah. You could see me in a crowd of people. Like if we looked at the bleachers in chapel, you know exactly where I'm sitting at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like people were fascinated by it because my hand does this thing where it splits down the middle and it's two different colors. People were fascinated by it, like how one side of my hand could be completely just transparent and how the other side could reflect the color of my skin. So they just sit yeah. there for yeah. like minutes and just turn my hands over. Like, how is that possible? Like, I don't I don't know. But shouldn't that in and of itself be an indication that we're the same? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of that's like, actually yeah, that's actually beautifully profound, Jared. Just the there's yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. That yeah, we're at the same with the core. The yeah. difference is mm-hmm. that some of us went in Africa for a long while. Some of us went to cold northern right? Europe for a yeah, long exactly. while. Exactly. Look how pale we are, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, right. now we're both in SoCal. Exactly, right? Yeah. Uh so before we end things, there is a couple there are three things I wanted to do. Okay. If I could uh there were two questions I wanted to ask you, Jared. Mm-hmm. Uh and for time's sake, I don't want to go too into it for me and you, Mom. I mainly just want to focus on what he's saying because uh, we're already at we're already at forty seven minutes. Well, we'll, we'll so we don't see. we don't want to we'll we don't want to. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's depends. Fair. I might feel compelled. Uh, so I think the first one I wanted to ask was uh, so there's obviously been a bunch of conflict that's mostly been seen between the black community and cops, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and. Essentially, like, what would you like there to be done or for something to do to kind of repair the relationships between black community and police or just black pe- the black community and just the rest of America? Uh, like, like the different things that do cause systemic racism or overt racism, whatever it is, like, what would you want in place that other people can do to kind of maybe almost reach out? Like, say, like, how can we do our best to get along with you? How can we be united? Like, uh, how can we not be against each other? Because we don't want to be. I definitely think it starts right here in this type of idea where you just sit down and have that difficult conversation. It's a, mm-hmm. it's very uncomfortable for a lot of people to address in the ways, not even that it's necessarily their fault, but the failings of a country that's that favors white people. And, yeah. and just for cops in general, there needs to be a higher standard in just how they handle things. Yeah. Like when you see people who are fairly shot and killed, the first response is like, well, they shouldn't have been running or, well, they shouldn't, well, they should have listened. That doesn't give you an excuse to take someone's life. Like if a doctor, a doctor can't like kill a patient just because they're having a bad day. Like you have, <laughs> you have to recall for a higher standard. And it's, yeah. and in the grand scheme of things, being able, being able to take someone's life after only, what is it like three months of training or however long the police academy is? I think it's longer than that, but even so, I mean, I I don't disagree with you on having a high standard. I mean, I, and it's like, I know a lot of cops and I think they do have a high standard. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess from my perspective, and I do have to just interject this. So when we talk about say George Floyd and Derek Chauvin, I mean, the moment that I saw that video, it's like, okay, the guy's guilty, but I, I have to say this, like, I didn't see that race was a factor. Like, Mm -hmm. in my mind, I just saw that he's a bad cop and Uh, he needs to be punished for what he did. Right. Right? But I guess what happens, it's kind of like the O.J. Simpson. This goes back to 1994. It's like there there seems to be like an automatic assumption if it's a white person that kills a black person, that's because of race. And And I'm like, 
No, I don't think that's necessarily it. I'm, it, it could be, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying it's not that, but I don't think we should assume that. And it yeah. seems like the black community gets riled up immediately, making an assumption that it is. And so, how do we? So yeah. the racial yeah. factor Speak to for that maybe. the the George Floyd case actually came from before the cops had arrived on the scene in. Um, this this whole and that whole thing where he was in the supermarket and the cops get called him because he used a fake twenty dollar bill. Or oh like, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. And so that's where the whole racial aspect of it comes from. And for something that's small, he doesn't need to be detained like that. And just in general, like it would be the same if, regardless of race, is that you wouldn't be detained for something of that nature, especially if it's a nonviolent thing like that. Yeah. And it just seems oh, like yeah. there's this, this this disparity between how uh, murderers are are like people who commit violent crimes as like um, a white person versus someone who is have has a gun or something as a black person. Like you have that. Excuse me. That <laughs> I'm sorry. I burped. That I forget <laughs> his name, but that man who Thanks. went into that salon and. Um, open fired on that oh. yes. on oh, all those yeah. Asian people. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was awful. And how mm-hmm. how calmly he was detained and like he still has his life. He's still alive. Yeah, that's yeah. That's kind of ridiculous almost. But again, I don't know. I again I and I'm just gonna have to say I still can't attribute that to race. Mm. I, I I'd have to know the cops, the policies in the location, and all I would ask is under any circumstances, as hard as it is, is to get the facts first and then and then talk about yeah. it, act on it, and don't automatically assume it's race that's the behind it. Because I really, truly don't believe it is. I just don't. I just don't. I agree with you to some extent. Uh, I mainly was saying is after you hear it so many times, like there begins to be an emerging pattern and I think the emerging pattern should be the primary evidence and everything else is used as supplemental. Now, of course, he should not be guilty until proven innocent. He's right. innocent until proven guilty. Absolutely. And I believe that with everyone, mm-hmm. whether it's cops, black people, uh, it doesn't matter. But yeah, it's. I think there are emerging patterns and maybe you could speak about that for mm-hmm. a second, Jared. I do want to ask the other question Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, before well, yeah. or after if you okay. want to speak on that. I'm yeah, sorry, so I'm causing this to go later. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. Fine. We can just have a very long episode. Yeah. So that is the reason why it's so quick to go to that race issue is because there are things when in these cases that are very similar to past experiences. Like this wasn't the first time that uh, this cop had been accused of some violent thing almost in the exact same scenario like back in Mm. i think it's 2014 he pulled the same type of stunt with another black kid who was just in his 20s and it was a shorter period of time but it didn't get addressed at all oh yeah Mm. that makes sense i feel like i also heard that too i i i I, because i mean i go on reddit for a lot of my news and so i follow all different Mm -hmm. sorts of politically Charged. different yeah <laughs> uh subreddits and so i see yeah. a lot of different perspectives and i remember that being one of the big things mm-hmm. well i don't remember even here see see that's probably because i don't go on reddit so yeah so the well reddit is very that. politically charged i do not it, recommend it really you is. go on yeah. it yeah. because <laughs> you <laughs> will just want to comment on everything because there's a lot of people i don't with, comment on anything okay so. then may, maybe it'll yeah. just make you a little bit no. angry but i i mean i truly do try to go to all different sources of news because i want to un- my big thing in life is i yeah, I managed HR for many years. You know, I've done many investigations and, and your goal is to get to the bottom line, collect the facts as an auditor, right. you collect the facts, you investigate the situation. So from my perspective, I always want to understand both sides of the equation. So mm-hmm. while I might align myself with one way of thinking, uh, I'm just more conservative. That's just who I am. But that doesn't mean I mean, I see the bias there. Yeah. Like, I can just see it. And it's like, because most people are not objective. Like, most people <laughs> just aren't. Yeah, that's I'm always and, objective. How you dare know? you say that? And, You're and, always wrong. And frankly, I'm not in, in many cases, too. But when it comes to, like, a serious matter, uh, it's like, okay, I just, I need to, like, lay everything out yeah. and, like, truly analyze it. 
and investigate yeah. it and, and make my own determination versus the whole um, like identity politics where you just, you know, go along with the crowd basically. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. So uh, basically uh, just to close out sure. that the, so when you're talking about how we can do our best to look for those patterns, the first, and I think the biggest one is in action and just mm. that the fact that, um, when you see things like this and even the cops who are around uh, Derek Chauvin at the time, their inability to, to speak up against something like that, or, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. the fact that um, people tend to misidentify or uh, are their first response is that knee jerk reaction to call the police and, you know, give this, this very demonizing description of yeah. their suspect. So the cops think, okay, this is a, this is a violent individual. And so they're going with that in mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. so they're already on, high, on like on guard when they get there. And then when you have someone who's scared that goes like, okay, well, what's going on? They're not just going to, when they're saying, okay, you know, we'll do this. And it's like, well, no, tell me what's going on. And then that's how things escalate. Yeah, totally. So, uh, so can I just bring up one more scenario? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I was like, I, wanna... I was meaning this to be like a minute long I know. question. Well, it's it's been be. six. I know. I'm sorry. So did you see the video of the black gal that was in the car that was pulled over? This is a couple weeks ago. This oh, video went viral yeah. where she was talking on her cell phone and he pulled her over to cite her because she was talking on her cell phone. She had it up to her ear and, and she just was over the top. Like mm. she was calling him, telling him she was, he was going to kill her. And this, and it's like, so my question is do black people really feel this way. Like, or, do they, or is that just, there are always people who are going to take it way too far. Like you have your outliers and, <laughs> there's this there's this bit that Chris Rock does uh, where he talks about black people versus like the N word version of black people and how black people they're hardworking they're caring individuals and they want to do their best for like the betterment of society and then you have like N words who they don't <laughs> sorry it's just so funny to hear you just say n word yeah, no, yeah, like, but I, I do appreciate like, it because yeah, if, exactly. if, if because this in is a the, podcast we could get this taken down the, maybe the scenario i was like okay it's probably best not to like to stay away from that for right now but uh, um yeah so he basically broke it down that you know you have these two different groups of black people one who's hardworking, one who doesn't care and is doing their best to try and cheat the system or you have um one version who understands that you know things need to be done a certain way versus those who want to take the easy way out of things yeah so you all always have people who are who do things whether it's for attention or whether it's because they're trying to get out of something that mm. that that'll be the case but for the yeah. majority uh that's not the case so yeah. you don't feel so i, I just want to be clear as far as the fear factor for oh, cops for absolutely like right. i'm always on guard in terms okay. of but for your yeah. life though or just well, like getting actually, arrested or something if you don't mind uh, this is actually a big part of a conversation i wanted to have in with the, the next, next episode okay, perfect. talking okay, about white okay, privilege okay. comparing yeah, yeah. our okay. circumstances That's fine. uh so forgive me okay. for using that as a segue oh no uh, it's all good <laughs> uh my one last question i told you this before because this was something i struggled with when i first heard it this is a story that kind of happened when i was subbing one day mm-hmm. i was just kind of listening looking at the class making sure they were doing their work and there was this one black kid who uh, was doing his work digi- dil- diligently and then these three other black boys uh they're all high schoolers came up to him and they're like why are you doing your work like like, why, why are you trying to learn? Like, why are you being so white? Uh, like, you're not even a real black person. Of course, they did not use black person. They used mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. N-word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> it was, it, uh, yeah, as well as, like, the black kid said, like, don't call me that. Like, even if you're black, I don't appreciate it when, when you call me that. Mm-hmm. And they just had, like, zero respect. And they, like, kind of also they kind of attached being educated or being like intelligent with being white mm-hmm. as if like being black means Which you have to be racist. dumb. <laughs> yeah. and, but it, but it's, the, this kind of brings up the question is a lot of people don't talk about how the black community can better themselves as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. what could, what do you think or like it would be a step the black community in general could take towards overcoming a lot of the prejudices or things like that? Cause a lot of people do, 
Uh, but like, there's always, this seems like there's black kids who say stuff like, like, oh, being intelligent as white is effectively what they said. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's not that, just black people, it's white people too. Like I said about Tim Scott. Mm. So it wasn't just black people. Yeah. Doing yeah. It's, but it's it was, a, yeah. It's another systemic thing where it boils down to the reason why they think like that is the higher educated you were, the more like, I guess, access you had to things that white people had. So in terms of like good education or a good, like being able to read that those were things that were reserved for, you know, white people. Mm -hmm. And so when you're, when you fast forward time and it, it becomes a way of thinking that, you know, doing better for yourself, whether it's, you know, outside of the realm of being like an athlete or a rapper or some sort of entertainer, that's, the thing that gets the most response in terms of positive feedback for um, like from white people is when a black person is one of those things. But when uh, you know, you doing your best to study and to make something better of yourself, it's like, well, that's something that's reserved for like white people. And so in order to hold yourselves accountable, it's a, it goes back to, and that's another thing we can talk about when it comes to like white privilege in terms of section eight housing and how, you're dealing with this tight knit community of people mm. that have lived in this environment for so long. And so when, when, so, when someone's trying to, I guess, better themselves, there's this constant drawback to, there's a very common expression is like, don't forget where you came from. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. basically yeah. saying like, you can do all mm-hmm. these things, but you're not, you're, you'll never be one of them. You'll always be one of us. And one of us is someone who's living in this poor uh, environment and this poor mentality of like this is the way things have always been and this is the way things will always be mm-hmm. yeah which is why your barber probably feels the way that he feels because yeah. it's like just kind of like you stay over there we'll stay over here exactly and it's just more comfortable that way yeah 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 because uh, yeah. it kind of i'm oh, sorry uh when, during when you were just talking and everything you've said kind of just reminded me i don't remember the name of the song off the top of my head but childish gambino or donald glover i don't know if you listen to him or not yeah yeah but uh do you remember you might remember then if you listen uh he has a song where he kind of goes into his story because like he kind of grew up in an all-black neighborhood and then eventually went to a white school and he kind of felt like he didn't belong with anyone mm-hmm because he kind of went that struggle with like people uh, saying he's yeah. not really black and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to give a shout out to that song. Just it was like, it's not a necessarily uh, family friendly, but <laughs> it gives, <laughs> it can give insight because yeah. he's a, he's a pretty honest rapper. Uh, the last few minutes, Jared, I think I told you this last few minutes, we typically try and spend talking about like, what can we do? What are some, how does scripture speak into things like this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, let me scroll back. There it goes. So I just wanted to leave with a few comments. Uh, one, Genesis one twenty seven: we are all created in God's image. Mm-hmm. Black people aren't somehow less in God's image. White people aren't somehow less in God's image. We're all made in God's image equally. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, or two, I mean, uh, we are all pervasively sinful. <laughs> so, like, not one of us is more Amen. messed up than the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, sure. Different. Like We're we just are, all different. Yeah, different people's yeah. actions might be more messed up, but at the same time, it's like... As as a, as we are born as human beings, we're all just equally the same well, when it comes and, to sinfulness. And wh- I was going to say, and one of the things that we talk about in group all the time is how how we all somehow think our sin is less than somebody else's. Like we're looking at other people and we're judging them, thinking, "Oh, their sin's worse than mine." Right. And we like categorize them. And I think, I mean, honestly, I think we can. I mean, if murdering somebody is clearly much worse than lying yeah. about. Yeah. Something trivial. You know what I mean? But um but somehow we, we tend to do that. I don't know if that's just like self preservation or that's probably an know. aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then the last thing, the and this one was one of the big things I as I was meditating on it kinda of hit home. Uh God commanded Israel to love foreigners. And that's Leviticus nineteen thirty four. Uh and just sort of a big part of God's putting in law is saying you have to treat minorities well when they come into your country Mm -hmm. Uh, you have to treat other people well and god's saying okay you're my people that means you have to treat others regardless of their race very well and then it's like well are we jews i'm not a jew you're my mom so i know you're not a jew i'm not (laughs) jared i'm assuming you're not jewish i'm I'm not you are not of israeli (laughs) descent and so that means we're we were all brought into god's family Mm -hmm. uh 
That's right. And that means at one point we were outsiders. We were all adopted. Yeah, if we were once outsiders, if we were once, in a sense, minorities of God's people, mm-hmm. then like we should be all the more loving to people who we can see that with in real life as well. Like if we were the visitors to Israel in a sense, then shouldn't we all, and then we get accepted, shouldn't that mean we should all the more show that same love that we've been given? Uh, and it's just all summed up in Jesus is the Messiah of everyone. He is ultimately the one true thing that can really unite all of us. There is always going to probably be some problems. Uh, and it's really all thanks to Jesus that we can be united, that we can have this conversation to begin with. Because that's, I mean, our sharing, our, that's our mm-hmm. biggest common ground, Jared, is both of our, mm-hmm. both of our faiths. Yep. That's how we became mm-hmm. friends, was discipleship mm-hmm. group. That, mm. that was very true, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, with that, uh, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Uh, if you guys would like to hear us talk about any... Sp- <laughs> you Sorry, just almost about, dropped all I your papers. I almost dropped all my papers. That was really yes. funny. Yes. Because uh, I'm old school. I still do papers. Brian's looking at his cell phone. Uh, yeah. You but know. I mean, I do put... I do keep notes on my cell phone, <laughs> yeah. too. But uh, So, if you guys would like to uh, rate us on any of your I- podcast or like iTunes services, uh, we would be appreciative. If you followed us, that'd be awesome. Or left a review, we'd appreciate it. Uh, if you want to contact us in some way, you can contact us at realworldpod at gmail.com. Uh if you wanted to tell us any topic you'd be interested in us discussing, or if you just wanted to share some feedback, we would be absolutely loving it. We would love it. Mm-hmm. Jared, do you have anything final to say? Uh, thanks for having me, guys. This was, this was fun. This yeah. was really this. awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad that, that... I hope you can come back. Well, I know you're going to come back to our next episode <laughs> that, you know... Because, right. yeah, we're, we're recording the next one in, like, a, in like 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but for the future, I would, love, I would love to have that. I think the more... I mean, I've always been one for diversity once I had the experience and recognized the value of that um, because then you can get comfortable with with everybody, and I think that's kind of where we all want to be. Totally. Except for your barber. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> so I think with that, we're going to head out. Okay. Thank you guys for Thank coming. Thank you. Right. Bye-bye. All right. <laughs> I hope you don't mind it.